0: All right, hey guys! Welcome to uh, another episode of A Thin Coat of Varnish. Haven't done one of these in a while since uh, probably er well, not early October, but late October sometime. So yeah, lots happened since I last did an episode of one of these. So there's finally some cool stuff that I want to talk about on here. Some interesting discussions that I've had on other um, social media. Hopefully that leads to a discussion of some interesting points brought up. So yeah, anyways, uh, to begin with, just a little bit about what I've had going on in my world. My open studio happened early November, and so that was good. I had a lot of people who came in and checked out everything, had a lot of stuff out for sale, and I mostly did it, it wasn't so much a... Going to be a big money maker for me. It was more of a thing that I wanted to try and uh, get some support, or at least to see who's out there to support my work in the local area. Here, I did as best as I could with getting ready for it. I put together everything like I wanted to. Um, I wanted to get everything I had together, everything that I had in my studio, and put it out for sale just to see uh, what kind of response I would get with everything. If I put out all my efforts, what sort of people would I attract to the studio here? And so it was cool. Um, Sold a few things here and there, uh, pretty much only to friends. Um, Shout out to Jackson Dryden, who ended up buying a $500 painting from me. So that was great. (laughs) And so... He ended up uh, putting me in the black for the open studio. uh, Without him and a couple other friends who bought things from me, I wouldn't have earned anything from that. So that was a learning experience. So trying to figure out what to do next time to try and get more people who don't know me to buy stuff. But I think the momentum growing from doing more local events will get more people interested in wanting to support me here that's my hope i not only met some cool people who i share the studio uh building here with but some other people who have interesting friends (laughs) um there was a guy walt morton who i met and he's seems like a really interesting guy talked with him for a while about all sorts of different things buddies with like Kent Williams and Phil Hale and that kind of group and he put a good word for me um, with the artist poets website so that was a cool thing to get from him so yeah all in all it was fun to see friends come by and make new friends and everything so yeah that was uh that was open studio that was awesome what made that same weekend even better was all the paintings that i did for the christopher queen gallery show that weekend i sold four of the eight that i painted just for that show and then on top of that two more paintings i had been in the studio or in the gallery for a while so that was amazing (laughs) i think that was my single best day i've ever done at the gallery there so um that's a great way to put that sort of uh controversy behind us i think (laughs) cheers to to them (laughs) cheers to us for making a successful show there between uh, my artwork and their selling of it so that was cool and then i just got word earlier this week that another one of the paintings that i did for that show sold so um great news for me to go into what's typically known as the slower season for me um things slow down after Christmas typically for at least my art selling. So um good time for me to start working on all my other projects that will set me up for coming out of winter hibernation and get into painting for shows and in the springtime when people loosen up their wallets again as far as artwork goes. So um, I did my buddy, um, Lauren Butchart, his Brave Castle podcast. That was fun to get on that and run my mouth for a couple hours. <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys are interested in checking that out, you can go to um, at Brave Castle podcast and check out my interview or conversation we had together. Not so much an interview, a little bit of that as a podcast tend to be but uh it was mostly just a sort of a freewheeling conversation about art and other things and whatever else he was curious uh about with me so yeah that was fun and you guys can go check that out tell him i sent you there (laughs) the main things that i wanted to get into with uh this month's edition of thin coat of varnish was a big discussion that we had on facebook uh this week about the issue of putting prices on your website for your artwork. I was listening to Harsh Truth Podcast, and that's a podcast done by Matt Gondek. And he's a pretty well known uh pop artist in LA. And so he's had some interesting pod or uh, guests on his podcast. So I take a listen to his show every once in a while at the end of his latest episode i think it's episode 42 somebody was asking him how he goes about selling his work online and he tends to do well with selling his work online (laughs) so he said on the podcast basically not to post your prices if you're selling fine art don't post your prices on your website because in the gallery scene, it's looked at as tacky. And that kind of struck me because I don't necessarily agree with that. And there's my own reasons I have for um, feeling that way. But he didn't really expand on it. So um, it left me to post the question on my Insta or not Instagram, on my Facebook. And I got over a hundred responses to that question. Not all in agreement, but for the most part, it seemed like most people seem to be on in the mindset that it's outdated thinking to feel that way. So uh, I just wanted to go through, and because there were some really interesting discussions that happened, Around this, so I wanted to go ahead and uh, read out some of the comments and maybe comment on some of the comments (laughs) um, in this arena so that I could share with everybody else. And maybe you guys can chime in as you're um, watching and you have some things that you wanted to uh, bring in, and maybe you'll have a different perspective on things. So, anyways, let's go. So Steve Lawson says, I would imagine blasting the price all over social media looks to me at least a bit tacky, maybe, unless there's a specific reason for it. But on your own website, I would take it as a given you include the price. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, social media, maybe um, posting your prices on your Instagram page. Um, I mean, I've done it before. I don't know if it's tacky or not. i have never really given a thought to Uh, considering what it looks like but if i'm posting my prices on instagram it's because i'm hoping that somebody on instagram buys it and that's usually because i am selling it away from galleries or i haven't or it's something straight from my studio to the world so i want to put it out there just basically the closest thing that's trying to sell it face to face, just putting it up on Instagram with a price tag on it and selling it there. And I don't do that too often, but tacky or not, uh, doesn't matter to me at that point. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Like he said, uh, if it's on your own website and you're trying to sell it there, I would think it's a given that you include the price. So yeah, that's kind of how I think of it too. I think it's an old way of thinking and helps weed out people that aren't willing to spend what you want to charge. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, If people who are following you think your work is too expensive, then um, they're probably not the people who um, you want necessarily to try and sell your work to. But um, that's a whole other issue. Kelly McKernan says, when I don't see a price, I assume I can't afford it. I don't want my potential patrons to associate that feeling with my work. And so I think that means she does um, post her prices up. And Kurt Anderson responds to that. This is generally how most people feel and which is why so many average people feel intimidated by art and have no idea of the millions of people who would love to sell them their affordable art. Um, That's an interesting point. Uh, yeah, I that's probably how some people feel. Yeah, I would say I don't even think it's so much for me personally. If I don't see a price that I can't afford it, it's more like if I don't see the price, I'm not going to bother to look to see what price it is because, well, why hide that that information from me in the first place? So I suppose that has something to do with thinking you can't afford it, but anyways, Let's go on. Uh, Randy Saffel says, I've been debating that too. I think I'm going to start posting with a link to the painting and the price. That way it's not so tacky and not as in your face. Well, that I think he's referring to posting on social media your prices, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you get somebody to your website and you give them a price, then with the intent to sell, they should be met with your price there at that point if you got into them to that step of your ladder there so to give them an extra hoop to jump through feels unnecessary to me so i think that's what makes me really wonder why uh the original uh matt gondick feels that way kurt anderson also says i think in the early 2000s but not now In 2018, that's absurd. It would be like saying Amazon shouldn't list prices because that would be tacky. Um, Yeah, I agree with that up to a point, but Amazon isn't necessarily selling a lot of fine art on there. So um, it's probably a little bit different context selling through a gallery on a website and selling through an online retailer. It's somewhat different, I would say. Um, Catherine guard says, I like knowing prices up front. Same here. (laughs) Henry Schreiber says mixed bag from my perspective. If they want to talk out or make the sale, it's better to leave it off, which I never do. (laughs) If I stay firm on the price, it doesn't seem to matter. Um, okay. There's a slightly different perspective on things. So, okay. If they want to talk it out or make the sale, it's better to leave it off, which I never do. Okay, so that's a whole different way of selling your work, I would think. So maybe some people are interested in selling their work in a way that's more, uh, that feels more like a face-to-face, like wheel and deal type of sale um, with your website. Uh, but that's also a, a whole Yeah, I'm trying to think it out here real quick. Um, If you're posting your artwork online, you get to that point where it's like, email me to inquire about availability and price. Um, You have to do it in a way that invites people to want to inquire about your artwork and price, um, your availability, and just simply putting up your artwork on Instagram and putting that statement out isn't really gonna cut it in this day and age. You're gonna wanna kind of prime people to get to the point where they're asking you about your availability and your pricing and all that. So it's not, that's definitely not the first step you wanna go with is to hit people with that inquire about availability thing. We'll get to it later, but I know for example, people, uh, the pro perspective for the leaving the prices off thing is that you want to give yourself a place to start, a new place to start every time with your prices. And that's a whole different way of dealing with uh, selling your artwork than I'm used to. I guess it's a, a valid way to do it, but it's not really how I want to sell my work necessarily i don't know maybe i'll change my perspective one day but uh okay so if i want to stay firm on the price it doesn't seem to matter if your prices are non-negotiable then why even give people wiggle room i guess is what he's trying to say so yeah if the prices that you put out for your work are the prices you're going to hold firm to then don't make them a secret, I would say. (laughs) Um, Jordan Beeston says, I only think it looks tacky if you put less than four digits on it. I once saw someone put up a decent oil painting for up for $50 and that instantly makes it look cheap. Put a high price on a well-executed painting and people at least assume it's worth that much. Okay. Um, I only think it looks tacky if you put less than four digits on it. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, If you, selling a miniature on your website or selling something that's, you know, a sketch or whatever people would assume, probably assume that it's not going to be that expensive. um, that, uh, there aren't that many people who are selling their sketches online for over a thousand dollars. There are very few people who can even do that with any consistency, I would say. So I don't, I don't agree with that. um, I once saw someone put up a decent oil painting up for $50 and instantly makes it look cheap. Well, that is too cheap for a decent oil painting. Unless it's a one by one square inch painting, you probably should sell it for more than 50 bucks. So, I mean, that's a, the fault of the artist putting underpricing his work, obviously. So, yeah, uh, I agree with the rest of that. Put a high price on a well-executed painting, people just, at least assume it's worth that much. Sure, yeah. But then you're still putting that price on the painting and you're not hiding it from anybody either. So, yeah, um, that part of it I agree with. (laughs) Heather Martin uh, says, the more transparent, the better. The whole price dance is so painful. Let's skip the bullshit and cut to the chase. I just need a T-shirt that has all the prices so people would stop asking me and then making it awkward while I'm out plein air painting. (laughs) Uh, That's a pretty good idea. Heather, are you going to do that or not? (laughs) And then I, I uh, responded to that. Make sure if you wear that shirt, it's crystal clear that you mean you're selling your paintings for that price and not, you know, not your body. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. But then, uh, I obviously, she's not really going to actually do that. But if you put your prices on there, then uh, unless you wear every time you wear that shirt, uh, you're basically held to those prices. So uh, be careful with that. Uh, okay. So that was a fun answer to, uh, Rose Ireland says we have to make a living somehow. I don't know how that serves any artist that needs to make a living from their art. Just saying, uh, yeah, I'd say for the most part, you're right. Um, if you're not doing your online art business in a way that invites people to negotiate with you you're just putting up an extra wall by going at it this way. I think, it's, I think it's a specific way of selling your artwork online that you have to do it that way. So Amy Woods, oh, this is an interesting perspective because she's an art collector. So as an art collector, I appreciate it when the price is listed online. It helps me determine whether or not I can afford that artist's work. I believe that any business, even art, needs to be forthright with their prices. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I would say that's probably the majority of people who are buying artwork online think because, yeah, if you have no idea how much art it's going to cost them or why leave it up to collectors to take a stab in the dark, they're just, if it's something that they want, they're probably just going to automatically assume that it's an expensive piece of art because they... Uh, will assign a value in their head to it and if it's something that that if it's a piece of artwork that they really like it's rare that they will undervalue that work in their head so uh, I think that's where that idea comes from with as uh, Kelly McKernan said where if a price isn't listed online they'll just assume that it's too expensive so I think that's where that part of the way of thinking comes from. Dave Palumbo says, tacky or not, it's definitely more likely to make sales. My understanding from my galleries that is, it also gives confidence to buyers. That shows when they look up your work and they see comparable pricing elsewhere as a reference. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Or when artists are not putting their work prices up for their work online anywhere they're trying to be mysterious about it and i think the idea is to make your work feel more expensive because it's such a secret that only the select uh group of elite art collectors will even uh, bother to inquire about their work because they know they can afford it no matter what the price is so why even bother? It's kind of like, almost like weeding out the riffraff kind of uh, thinking about prices. And I would say that most people shouldn't even play that game. Um, they're not in the position to do that, really, especially if you're not an artist who's selling your work. If you're, especially, yeah, if you're not uh, a really well-established artist, if you're an emerging art. Excuse me. If you're an emerging artist, it's a it's a tough game—the fake it till you make it game. If that's where you're going to start out as, and it's um, unless you really know what you're doing, you got like some your dad is a high-end gallery owner or something like that. Uh, you, it's likely that you don't know what you're doing when it comes to playing that game. So my advice is to not play that unless you really know what the hell you're doing so anyways yeah i agree dave uh tacky or not um putting your work out there putting a price tag on it is just going to make you more sales that's just the way things work mario man says i always found that being upfront helps We live in such a fast society that an effort for a few extra clicks, taps, and DMs can detour people when in the moment. It's weird, but those little obstacles can make or break. If there's a better visual or what have you, then it should be created soon. Uh, Okay, I think I know what you're saying. So, yeah, Uh, the way commerce works on online, just in general, for the most part, people aren't just going to your website and clicking on things and buying them. They're usually coming from a different part of the internet, Facebook, Instagram, maybe even your blog or, or somebody somebody else's traffic sent them to your website. Hardly anybody, uh, unless it's like you, you met the person face to face and you give them your website to go check out. They are rarely going straight, um, to your website when they log into Google or or when they log into their browsers. So yeah, Uh, by the time you get somebody ready to buy your work, it should be as easy as possible. I agree with that, Mario. Um, if there's a bit of better visual, what have you, then should be created soon. I'm not sure exactly what you mean there, but I think I know. Like if something that you can do to help your sale happen, then it should happen pretty early on in the process of selling your art. I think that's what you mean. Uh, you, I don't know if you're going to watch this, but if you could uh, clarify that for me a bit, that'd be cool. Rama Alberts, says, I don't know. It is our work and I would think that these days people understand that putting the cost out in front is part of it. Or It also, I notice, gets people that are serious in the queue. I agree with that. I don't know if there's anything else I need to say more about that, but uh, yeah. I would say, yeah, I agree. These day and age people understand that putting the cost out in front is part of it. So That's why I put my prices on there. The only thing I'll say, I don't think I've said it yet, but what I would say about putting your prices online, I wouldn't necessarily put it in the gallery section of your website. If you want people to um, go from where your artwork is displayed on your gallery or on your website to the part where they buy it, then you can easily link them if you're inter- if they find they're interested in purchasing your work. It's easy in this day and age to just set up a a shop on your website. Doesn't cost too much anymore. Like uh, I'm using Wix as my web hosting service and uh you know e-commerce platform that's built into the um. Plan that I'm using on there. So, yeah, it's easy enough to link people from my store to my uh, portfolio area and vice versa. And so, that's the only part I agree with there that it's better to not hit people in the head with your price when they're just there to l- browse your artwork. Um, that can be kind of seen as tacky. Even then I kind I can kind of forgive that. That's the only thing that I would say be a little careful of, but if you're at your site's web shop, you should be showing your price there. Cause I mean, that's what they're there for to see if they can buy it or not. Vanessa Walsh says, I really don't give a damn what looks tacky. (laughs) I kind of agree with that. I just can't get in line with that kind of thinking. In my opinion, you should market your art to its fullest and most transparent potential. These sales-related mind games are just not my jam. Neither are are they for me. Yeah, sales-related mind games, they aren't really my jam either, (laughs) which is why I'm even talking about this right now. I just find it interesting to discuss and if we can get to um other perspectives on it i'm sure I, I will pretty soon here um and she says then again i don't really sell super high end items even if i did though i'd still have the price re- readily available if i was trying to sell it um yeah i agree i have um haven't put them yet up on my website but i do have paintings that i can sell in my studio that are in the thousands and it wouldn't be weird for me to put them up for sale there. Um, not that I'm expecting to people just stumble into buying them, but once it gets to the point where they're ready to make that purchase, I'm going to make it easy for them. And yeah, even in the thousands, I don't know. I'd have to talk with somebody who's a high-end collector. Like, how do they feel about listing prices on a website? I mean, I have some people who follow me on my, um, what do you call it on my email list? And so I'll reach out to them and, um, let them know that we discussed this on here. And so I'll, I'll see what they say. This could be an interesting thing to follow up with. So maybe I'll do that. Uh, I'll make a note of that. Well, actually I'm, I'm recording this. So I'm already making a note of this. So anyways, I, uh, Liz Steinworth says, I think it's weird not to have a price on an item on a website, but I can agree that it's tacky on a social media platform. And so just for argument's sake, I asked her, why is it tacky on social media? And, uh, she says it can be off putting to viewers. I've learned like we are just trying to sell them something. I agree with that. Uh, for, I sort of agree with that. Not all the way, but I get where she's coming from. um, Use it as a call to action and have the info about the piece and say it is for sale with a link to the website. Lure them to the sale page. If they make it to your website, they'll more likely spend money than browsing off of your Facebook. With promoting my novel, I found this tactic to be be more promising. Yeah, that's exactly, I would agree with that and that's pretty much how I sell my work online. It's like I said earlier. um, People almost are never going straight from you to the website there's usually some in between where they learned a little bit about your work and they set or they um are pretty much with your help primed to buy it um before they get to that point so yeah um yeah i think what you're saying it's tacky it's like you're you're trying to get to the sale before you've earned it. Um, And yeah, that part of it's tacky. I don't even know if it's tacky. It was just not good salesmanship (laughs) more than anything. So yeah. Ricky Mujica says, just use a classy font. Then it doesn't matter. (laughs) That's a pretty good, uh, that's a good tongue in cheek uh, response to that. Yeah. Uh, Scott Pryor, uh, our Waiting to Dry guest for the week that I'm recording this <laughs> says, I always put my retail prices on my website unless spe- specified different, like a holiday sale. Once I've put a painting into the holiday sale category and the holiday sale is over and then that painting never goes back on the website unless there's another quote unquote sale. <laughs> so yeah, that's a strategy of going about it. He has a, a specific way in mind that he's selling his work. So that makes sense for him. Uh, once i Put a penny in the holiday sale category and the holiday sale is over there. Yeah, so um, it sounds like he puts his prices up on his website and then when it's time to discount it, they're starting to gather some dust there, then he'll um, yeah, make a, a short little holiday sale and then take that down. Kind of a uh, bring some urgency to, to your work, like that's the last time you get to see it until um, the next special event so i think that's a pretty good strategy uh i have to know how well it's doing for him i don't know mark shasha says i don't paint for money but i sell for money <laughs> don stone american painter uh do i agree with that quote i don't paint for money i don't paint for money i sell for money yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty straightforward i i agree with that <laughs> but uh do you paint to sell that's the that's the real question to ask there and Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I would say for the most part I don't paint to sell, but I definitely paint with the idea in mind that I'm going to try and do a painting that people won't want to own. So that makes sense to me there. So it's not necessarily painting to sell, but it, I'm definitely painting a painting that I want somebody else to own. How about that? <laughs> Eugene Van Essen says, we are a free market. So every item we purchase, we know the price ahead of time. If the goal is to sell your artwork, put a price on it and don't apologize for it. Yeah. um, Okay. It's basically saying the same thing. But uh, if the goal is to sell your artwork, put a price on it and don't apologize for it. I'd say that's the most important part of the response to takeaway. Don't apologize for your artwork have confidence in your pricing or know what you're worth what your time's worth really especially if you're doing this as a business uh make sure you know how much you're trying to make per month with your art break that down into how much you can feasibly paint um in a month and then price your work somewhat accordingly to that you can try that out and see how that works for you. That's kind of what I do. And I'm trying to figure that out a little bit more and diversifying my um, output a bit more as well. So 2019, we'll, we'll try and I'll figure it out. How about that? Huh. Uh, Julia Lundman says, I buy art all the time and find it annoying when I don't see a price. So there you go. There's somebody who, that's somebody who collects work or artwork, buys art all the time. So, she's a bona fide collector and finds it annoying when she doesn't see a price. So, there you go. Straight from the horse's mouth. Didi Menendez says, that thinking is what is putting galleries out of business. Yeah. um, Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are helping to put galleries out of business. And, um, yeah, I've noticed that a lot of galleries don't put... um, Prices for paintings online necessarily. There's a lot of like inquire for availability online, and yeah, I would say a lot of galleries aren't thriving so much right now. And is that a part of it? Maybe, maybe not, but it's probably not helping them. I think they're trying to play that game that we're talking about earlier before. Where they think that, um, well, that's just the way things have been done. Just like uh, galleries are 50-50 these days. And, you know, that's just how things got to be. You can't lower your prices because uh, that's just the way things are done in the art world. And so, yeah, there's a lot of um, outdated outdated thinking. So, um, yeah, I think. Everybody being so easily able to create their own shop is turning these things that have been taken for granted on their head. So um, she has a point there. I'd say that thinking is part is a symptom of a larger problem that's putting galleries out of business. But um, yeah, I think that she'd probably agree with that too. Maggie McNeil says, I like having the info up front. Yeah. Same as most everyone. (laughs) Kira Grant says, I hate that policy. If I can't see a price, I assume I can't afford it. See, another person who thinks that way. I think that policy boxes out a lot of people who aren't willing to ask but would be willing to buy. Yeah, that's uh, another good uh, way of putting it. Uh, Yeah, it's like what uh, I think Julia Lundman said. Or it was probably somebody else as well. But yeah. You just, yeah, it was Kelly McKernan. Sorry. Um, She said that uh, it's basically a different way of saying, if I don't see the price, I assume I can't afford it. So there you go. (laughs) Kyle Buckland says, in the words of Dylan, the times they are a changing. Did he make that up? (laughs) Uh, I'd say color choices are more likely to make your work look tacky than a price listing on social media. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Probably. But um, I don't even. It's not even the issue of uh, listing your prices on social media because everybody will probably have a different opinion on that. And I don't think the consensus is out there yet that would um, necessarily um, be one or the other. Some people are going to think it's tacky. Some people aren't when it comes to social media. But I'd say so far, the overwhelming majority of people are saying it's not tacky to post your... Artwork prices on your website. Uh, we have a way to. S- we have to start thinking about selling to a new generation, the generation with the that grew up with the buy it now button. The kids of today will be the art collectors of tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I love Amazon. <laughs> um, part of what I love about Amazon is uh, that buy it now button is right there. Shop with one click shows up um, at my door couple days from now and don't even got to think about it. And, you know, Amazon is for the most part set up for impulse buy. They make things exceedingly easy to make things, uh, purchased on impulse. And so, yeah, even though people aren't going to buy art, necessarily like uh there's a certain threshold of pricing that's just going to keep people from buying your artwork impulsively but in this day and age to sell your artwork you gotta cater to more than just impulse buyers anyway so um yeah even though it's a buy it now button generation there is a bit more to selling your artwork than just putting a buy now button on it, as we all know, anyone who's tried to sell their artwork online. But I know what you're saying. Okay, Brett Sheffley. I think that's how you say his last name. I have no idea. Sheffley. Um, I think collectors or buyers in general want to know prices before reaching out. Saves everyone some time. I'm sure once the work is at a certain sales price tier, that might change. Um. Yeah, I agree with all of that, but what is that certain sales price tier and what determines that and why is that a thing? I think that's kind of what we're trying to get at here, trying to figure out that that perspective uh, or why somebody would think that. So I don't know how much Matt Gondick sells his work for, but maybe it is at a certain point where people expect you not to put your prices on your website when you get to that point. And I think that's what we're trying to figure out. Why (laughs) is this that whole, uh, outdated thinking game playing sort of mindset, which, um, yeah, that's what we're saying in this day and age. Let's all not do that anymore. (laughs) So yeah. Anyways, Uh, Yeah, I would love to talk with a collector or some more artists who are dealing with, I guess, a quote-unquote higher level, like higher bracket of art that I'd want to figure out why they feel that way. Maybe they do have a valid reason to, to feel that way that I just don't know, but... Uh the people that I know um all seem to feel a different way. So Ayashida says, from a marketing perspective, this is a very bad idea. Even if you look at some of the highest level financial companies like Sotheby's prices are always listed. The more easy and transparent it is to check out, the better. From a marketing perspective, that's absolutely wrong. Most people will assume you choose a price based on what you think their income is. Even the wealthiest auction companies list the prices. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, every million dollar real estate lists the prices. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting, uh, take on it because yeah, <laughs> if, uh, if you can find the price of a million dollar home, what makes that much different than the price of a million dollar painting? Um, uh, yeah, you can find auction Houses that have the prices for anybody whose work is worth enough to, to be sold on uh, the secondary market like that. And so, yeah, if, if it's not seen as tacky in the fine art auction world to list your prices there, then why is it tacky to list in the, I don't know, primary market? Anyways, yeah, these are the questions that I don't have the answers to, but uh, they're worth asking, I hope. And so Joshua Bean. So I read his responses to the work, and he has a totally different way of thinking about things. So he's a guy who um, I met a long time ago doing plein air events, and he sells his work completely different than everybody else tends to do at these shows, and he does very well for himself, and uh, so we'll get into what he says here. He says, I don't do it because I have flexible pricing. Meet the market in the market. Different areas have different demographics. In a regional of the Tetons, it's worth more in Jackson Hole than anywhere else. Um, so yeah, already there. That's probably a lot different than how most people think about their work. Most people wouldn't um uh yeah, an original of the Tetons is worth more in Jackson Hole than anywhere else. Um, yeah. I guess it would be. Not necessarily. I mean, not everybody who owns a painting of the Tetons lives in Idaho or uh Wyoming. So I get what he's saying, meet the market in the market because yeah. I get yeah in different areas have different demographics so I mean if it's working for him to have flexible pricing that's great that's just not how most people are going to do their their business as an artist but maybe that is outdated thinking to not do flexible pricing and uh maybe I'm hoping one day I get the chance to have Josh on the podcast And really get into his head about how that works because um, he's doing very well for himself in this way. And he's figured something out there, but it tends to uh, rub a lot of people the wrong way. (laughs) He's ruffled a lot of feathers. Um, Let's see. Uh, so they have a, a little bit of a discussion. Ayashita and Josh do we in Mark. I uh, says back to Joshua bean, we in marketing list at the highest price and put negotiable. Um, so that's interesting. <clears throat> so you list at the highest price, but you put negotiable. I've never really tried that for my artwork. I try to already post it at the lowest price that I can afford to, to put it at. And, uh, Even though it might look expensive to a lot of people, it's barely, uh, I mean, I'm covering what I need to cover when I put my prices that they are. So, um, Joshua Bean says, my prices are all over the place. The market dictates period and galleries have slit their wrists with their 50% bullshit thereby doubling everybody's prices are worse and slow, so a slow death will be theirs. Notice how many 50% off super duper studio sales are going on everywhere? This is a result of artists figuring out how to meet the actual market, a thing I've been doing for years. Everyone is undercutting the galleries because galleries got greedy. So he said a mouthful there. Let's uh, Let's get into that for a bit. So his prices are all over the place. So he's already admitting that he doesn't have a a set price for any uh, particular painting or something like that. Uh, Market dictates period. So he's very much uh, almost treating his paintings, I don't know, like a a stock that kind of goes up and down. Um, I thought about things that way. I mostly started thinking about after talking with, with Joshua being about this kind of thing, because we've I've had him explain all this to me before, but this was years ago. And he's saying, yeah, galleries have slipped their wrists with their 50% bullshit. Uh, yeah, I mean, galleries have their reasons for why they have to charge what they charge. It's just that everything in the world has just gotten more expensive. So just to keep a, a store going in most places, it's just gotten more expensive to do so. So I understand why they have to, um, charge more, but, um, it's like what he's saying. Yeah. Once you start to go, go at it on your own and you're not having to help pay for a gallery's rent with your money, um, that you're owed from the sale, then it does change things, especially your price of how much you need to charge to still make the same amount of money. So, yeah, that's what he, I think that's what he's saying there. Uh, this is starting to... Uh, no, this is still on, on track, but yeah. <laughs> so, Shelby Keith says, I price according to what I've been able to get at shows. I also look at the going prices of what my peers are charging at plein air events, etc., and try to be fair to all, but especially to myself. If I really love one of my paintings and think it's better than my other efforts, I charge more. It's v- so very personal. Um I yeah, okay. Well that's her perspective, but that's getting a little bit off the subject. Um and he says, I Josh Bean says, I've been pre- preaching this stuff for a decade, bro. It's so fluid for me. And uh okay, so oh boy. <laughs> Scott Pryor comes in and uh they have quite the discussion together. <laughs> uh Scott Pryor says I of course don't agree how many times have we talked about on this it's always been for me about raising the bar for all of us the whole art pricing thing has gone to shit it's a new day in the art world uh Josh Wint- being uh, exclaimed back to him right 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 and your wife pays for your opinion on this one ooh shots fired man <laughs> Uh, and then he writes back, you can't be a rising tide that lifts all boats when pricing your artwork. The market dictates period when the market is down, economy is flat. I'll never have to go get a job. I adjust my prices, swallow that tough pill and keep on keeping on. And yeah, um, uh, he probably doesn't show in a lot of galleries. So that's probably the advantage of being able to do it that way. And so, um, um, yeah when you're not or when you're in charge of of your prices in that way then you have the ability to do that and that's great for him and i think that's why he's able to to uh, have this perspective that he has um Conversely, when the market is up, when things are flying out the wall, I have to raise my prices to keep the walls looking good. (laughs) Supply and demand is reality. So, yeah, that's just the inverse of what he was saying there. Uh, Scott Pryor writes back. uh, Sorry for the delay, Mr. Bean. Had to keep... Uh, had to take kids to school yep still mr mommy you know my wife doesn't pay for my opinion i've had this mentality about the art world since i started yeah she's a baller nowadays but back when i was first starting out was pretty much equal with my art sales and her salary and you know where we live is expensive and it takes two to make it happen plus i was mr mom juggling kids Uh, okay can we get back to oh anyways fortunately for us and me when the economy took over that big giant shit on all of us she had to moved up and was barely able to cover all our expenses had to pick up part-time at mother's market and the juice bar man that's so close. jesus man <laughs> stay on topic here then as you know the whole world changed because the internet mixed with a weird economy and a political world and here we are in today's art world uh okay uh i don't know where to go with all that <laughs> anyways uh Josh writes back to him. Well, first off, that comment was one part snark and five parts truth. Until you're completely self-sustaining, somebody's paying for you to have that stance. Damn! <laughs> Instead of getting a day job that pays eight fifty to ten uh, bucks an hour top, just pay yourself less than a thousand an hour to stand at stand at your easel. <laughs> okay, uh, I too came from the service industry and waited tables for two decades. I know how hard it is to make that hundred dollars uh, five six hours of running your ass off. Now I could paint a four by six and 25 minutes for that. I'll do it every day, if, all day if I have to, but I get to state facts, not opinions paid for, or not opinions, parentheses, paid for on how to run an art career. Uh, facts at work, facts at, upon which I support a family of four, a house I bought in a small Colorado mountain town, the actual brick and mortar retail space that Joshua Bean Studio Gallery re- resides in. Is said town and the easel company prolific painter parentheses just now in the green <laughs> uh, great for you dude <laughs> i mean i'm i'm just saying that but i mean that's awesome that you're able to do that with your art this all from mark making risk my with my wrist, meaning the market with solid work sold at a reasonable, pri- reasonable price directly to the market. I live in two to three workshops a year and plein air events. I don't have work lying all over the place stacked up two feet deep against the wall. It's all on people's walls getting love, a much better place and much love. <laughs> oh, man. He said a lot there. That was uh, throwing down the hammer there. Uh, Yeah. I think well, I don't know if you guys are familiar with with Joshua Bean's work, but he paints in a lot different way than I want to paint. I want to spend more than uh twenty five minutes on a four by six. I don't um that's just I want to put more effort into one painting of mine than he wants to. I mean he does paint like these giant epic landscapes as well and they're amazing and awesome but um even for my smallest work the amount of planning that goes into um painting a piece of mine it's just not feasible to just crank out 25 minute paintings even at four by six inches and have them uh have myself and sustain a career that way I don't have either the um, energy or the inclination to go at it that way so I think that's why I never really went completely on board with his philosophy because it's just so different than how, um, the, how you have to paint it just doesn't fit in with how I want to paint so I have to go at it a different way and therefore I'm trying to figure things out just like everybody else so it's amazing that Josh has been able to create that kind of life for himself with that mindset and mentality I just know that for me that kind of it's just different it's a different type of way of being a painter than I want to be at the end of the day so, um, I definitely am going to do more uh, teaching next year. So that's going to help. Um, but yeah, what I was saying, just to wrap up what I was saying, um, about Joshua beans work, um, it's just different way of, um, handling your output and therefore he's figured out a way to, to max- to match his output with his uh, business strategy and it's working great for him. It's just different than how I want to do it. So I'm just not going to do it the same way that he does. doesn't necessarily mean that we can't all learn a bit from how he does his business, but it doesn't mean that everybody has to paint the way he paints and therefore sell the way he sells. Doug Miller says, put a price on it. It saves both the buyer and the seller time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, Samantha McNally says, "I put prices on my website. You just have to make sure it's enough that when they are in the galleries that take percentages, you're covered. You have to always keep the same price on your website as in the gallery." Um. Yeah. I mean that. That's how people are taught to think about it. But, um, I mean. That's exactly what Joshua Bean has been preaching against. So him and her probably would have an argument about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, that's that's what I do. That's what everyone I know does. But I would say that Joshua Bean says that you don't have to do it that way. <laughs> so uh, Joshua Bean chimes in again. This is funny because almost nobody posting here actually puts prices on their posts. well that's not what we're talking about here <laughs> to do so forces them to put their high gallery price tag up lest their gallery that likely follows them could call them out it's safer not to put the price up have somebody direct message message them and they can work out an actual price that's real deny it if you want but truth bombs are bombs for a reason all right dude <laughs> well first of all uh we're not talking about posting prices on social media we're pr- we're talking about posting prices on your website and that's a little, I know that that's what we talked about earlier on, on here. So I'll leave that part alone, but I think the, um, I think it's still the same point that he's trying to make. Um, that's the whole thing about undercutting galleries. And, um, I'm guessing Josh doesn't have a lot of galleries because he has probably no problem with, the. Uh, negotiating a deal with a collector uh behind a gallery's back if it helps him make the sale and so galleries do not like that <laughs> so i imagine he doesn't have a lot of he doesn't have a lot of friends in in the gallery business either so i wrote back i sometimes do but it has more to do with what liz steinworth said not mixing the personal with commerce too much if i can help it the personal choice yeah that's what i was saying earlier like uh, not only is a thing where I just don't want to bombard people with the uh, prices, but I mean that's the part that I agree is being a bit tacky, but it's also that um, you don't want to sell people or try to sell people too early before they understand why they should buy from you. And that That disconnect between uh, being a salesman and being a person to person connection. Is a difference I think between looking tacky or not, and then Kelly McKerning um, comes back in, and she told me something I didn't necessarily know, but it makes a lot of sense. So she said, putting an actual price tag in posts outside of the e- e-commerce edition to Instagram hurts your account's reach, which is why many of us don't. So I didn't know that actually, and uh, but yeah, it's like Instagram is probably like saying. We're not just going to let you advertise for free. You have to pay for that that advertisement. So the algorithm doesn't like posts where selling suggested, and that makes sense. Uh, Shelby Keith writes back to Joshua Bean: "You've been living in my head. This is the very reason I don't put prices on my website." So Shelby's another person who doesn't um, or ends up agreeing with the uh, Joshua Bean and Matt Gondick By that token. I write back, maybe at this point, it's a better idea to work more with customers directly than instead of galleries. I'm definitely leaning more that way. And yeah, true. <laughs> I'm just reading my own thoughts back to you. Um, Shelby Keefe writes back to me, striking that balance, of course. I have two really good enthusiastic galleries, and they do good work for me because I really, they really like my work and do a good job of promoting me and their artists. And I said back to her, I do as well. But i think this will shift galleries to be more productive in terms of curating and promoting quality over quantity that's my hope josh bean writes back this is a great discussion i show in a few galleries okay they collectively account for less than five percent of my income well that's super interesting it's the only way to perpetuate one study is to find alternative ways to get eyeballs on your work with a realistic price point okay so there's the answer to that question he isn't well he shows in galleries but if they're doing less than 5% of his income, it's like, why are you in those galleries other than just to get more people into your work, I guess, that would that you're just not going to be able to capture everybody. So having a gallery out there just to um, see your work, I guess it's almost like a slight advertising cost at that point. To uh, if, if that's all they're doing for you, if they're not hardly making money for you, maybe they're giving you a little bit of extra money But, yeah, that's what I would assume. Uh, Scott Pryor says, hey, God's holiday sale, so I'm guilty. Wink. I think if you do one and don't sell the paintings, they should go into the B-Burn stack or donation stack and never back on one's website. Courtney Lee. As a buyer, I want to know. If there are no prices, I assume it's either not, not for sale or I can't afford it. Again, that same idea on the artist side my prices were the same as my gallery prices my prices were consistent all across sales platforms and locations across the country and josh bean writes back uh this is not sustainable though a nifty idea and almost nobody posts prices i think many collectors are starting to wise up and contact the art- artist for prices they like or for paintings they like um that hasn't been my experience it's rare that people just uh uh, hit me up out of the blue and ask me for my painting prices. Um, on the rare occasion, it does happen. Um, I give them that price and they go silent. So, um, we're not quite to that point where people are just, um, hitting you up about painting prices. It it happens, but it's not nearly as, um, as often as people think. So, or as Josh is trying to make it sound like, I'd say that Courtney is probably how the majority of artists think, at least the ones I'm friends with too. Uh, Josh Bean is not in agreement with that. So, yeah, so there, that's that. I think, I'd say that those two comments are pretty much encapsulate the both sides of, the, of this issue. So, um, Shelby Keith writes back, if I'm a buyer or want to be buyer and am really interested in a painting, I contact the artist in an email and inquire. Then the artist has the opportunity to engage with that potential patron and tell a story, help them know a bit about you, then feel like they have a personal relationship with you. This fosters a desire to support the artist. If you just throw a price out there on the web, you shut down that opportunity to have a dialogue. Plus, I personally don't believe that a qualified patron would just assume they can't afford it if there wasn't a Price listed. I think that is an outdated philosophy. Okay, so there's the um, somewhat in the middle perspective, but I don't know. There's things about that I don't agree with either. I don't think that's that common for people to just um, email the artist about a painting. Um, I mean, it does happen, of course. It sounds like it happens to Josh Bean and Shelby more than it does for me. (laughs) But, uh, okay, so the next part, I agree with the artist has an opportunity to engage with the potential patron and tell a story, help them know about you and everything. Um, Yeah, but I think that that should happen before they get to the point of asking you about the painting. It's true that um, if somebody's interested in your work, they're probably a bit interested in you as an artist and a person. And so I think the better way of going about it is to do it before you get to that point of trying to make that sale. So I would say yeah. that a lot of people are um, probably getting better at it because they have to be smarter about Selling their work online and just putting, leaving things up to just being a numbers game, isn't cutting it for a lot of people. But I think uh, galleries are also realizing that. So everybody has to be a bit more, um, bit more savvy about this kind of thing. And I don't know. I think that if she thinks that that's an outdated philosophy, I think that's just the difference in opinion in how people's um, think about this sort of thing. So I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say she's wrong, but, uh, uh, I mean, there's the evidence of like three or four people just in my little thread that, or they just assume they can't afford it. It's just a weird barrier to put up, but I mean, she's, it sounds like she's selling things in a slightly different way than I would be selling my work or at least. At this point, um, she also says, however, I would disagree with the tacky part. I don't think it's tacky, just a personal choice. Yeah, um, sure. Adam Ty Hall says, on another somewhat related topic, I'm curious if you guys price your work at the same price point galleries do. Over the years, I've had quite a few clients seem to be upset that I was asking the same price as galleries since they know that I will only get 50% of those sales. Seems to me it would really undervalue the work to price it way under. Um... I think that's why most people sell the work they do. And maybe that's a philosophy that or a way of thinking that galleries themselves are perpetuating because it behooves them to make sure that they get the amount of money. I mean, of course, they don't want to be undercut. But at the same time, a customer at this day and age, they're going to want to go for the lowest price possible. So I wouldn't recommend you undercut your galleries. <laughs> uh, that's not what I'm saying, but I think you should price your work somewhere, probably more than you think you deserve, but more or less than what the galleries want you to sell. Um, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's not a good, uh, thing to, to, uh, to espouse here, but I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Uh, William, William E. Elston wrote, we've all heard of the classy guys in bars that use the line. Do you want to fuck? Uh, I don't know. What kind of bars are you going to William? I'm not sure I've heard that (laughs) anybody do that. So blatantly, maybe I'm, uh, not going to the right bars or something, or maybe I'm just too classy for that. (laughs) Let's see. Odds are that they will succeed with one out of every couple hundred women they ask. Although who knows with what effort? Some will say that they're just being upfront, but reducing in reducing the transaction to such primitive terms, they also signal a shallowness that precludes hooking up with someone might actually want to be with. The way you advertise your prices has a lot in common with this scenario. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope I, or I hope he he relates it back to it because I'm not following yet. Ricky's suggestion that. You use a classy font as simple tongue in cheek way of looking at making the price accessible, but not in your face creates kind of a tease effect that stokes interest and intrigue and doesn't foreground the economic issue. Um, okay. I, I get now what he's saying. I mean, that's still kind of a weird ass analogy to try and make, (laughs) but, uh, there's a, a, a way to do it classy. And I think we've kind of covered it. Like, Don't blast your prices all over social media all the time and don't put it in your, um, don't put it in the gallery section, like leave the commerce to the commerce part and leave just the taking in the art to that part. Um, try not to mix them too much, but, uh, yeah, Um, maybe some people, maybe Josh, Oh, it sounds like Josh wouldn't or or would probably agree with that too. At the very least, (laughs) Uh, I think in this day and age, setting up an e-commerce site that looks professional and handles transactions in a confident way should be classy enough. At this point, I shouldn't have to email you for the price if you have me up to that point. I'll never do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly me. Good good. Uh, point you made myself. <laughs> uh, that's kind of the funny thing about reading back your own uh, statements to yourself. But um, William E. Elston writes back, I wouldn't suggest emailing the price. I put my prices online, but isn't my prices that I'm advertising? The price should be discreet, but accessible. Um, my website has an available work section that lists prices in the light box running of the work. Um, okay. Uh, and then I write back, I a hundred percent agree. The price shouldn't be the, la- or the price should be the last thing they see at the end of the sales pitch funnel or whatever you want to call it. I don't normally lead with the price. And yeah, that's true. I don't (laughs) typically, if I'm trying to sell stuff online, I have a series of things that prime people to buy before I get them to the store listing. Yeah, exactly. For, um, for example, I, um, am learning to sell more via my email and on my mailing list. There's a specific way to do that where you're not annoying and people are more likely to, to buy stuff from you. So, um, Maybe we'll get into that some day later. <laughs> Jason Avery simply writes back, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, Kim Vanderhoek writes, totally outdated thinking in my opinion. So, yeah, simple enough. Uh, Judy Takax writes, places like Artsy and galleries and online shops should have prices obvious because they are there for the purpose of selling. Imagine if the Home Depot website said, contact us for pricing on drill bits. Um. Yeah, <laughs> it lets a potential buyer avoid the embarrassing situation of having something be out of their price range. Uh, I I pause because I just thought of something, but uh, uh, or lets them know that something is in their price range for artist websites and Facebook pages. It may be clumsier to list prices all the time, um, and so okay. Sometimes I do see on retail websites that they don't list their prices for certain things, and it gets to a point of um when it gets to a certain level of price. So I got to talk with somebody who sells high-end retail because maybe they have a a perspective as to why they feel this way about why one thing's tacky over another. So uh, I'd love to keep this discussion going, but I'd love to keep it going with people outside of the range that I currently have. And, um, or maybe I do have them, but they just didn't happen to chime in on this because maybe it's intimidating to go against everybody's, uh, the general consensus, uh, except if your name is Josh Bean <laughs> and don't give a fuck. Uh, Rachel Stout says, I think it's old fashioned thinking up where, up there with courting a gallery so that maybe they show your work. Um, Okay. I have something to say about that, but uh, let's finish what she said. Art has value. And I've had the experience of not buying art online because no price was listed. Well, there you go again. But maybe I'm too progressive on this front. Uh, maybe with the courting a gallery thing. I don't think courting a gallery is outdated. <laughs> if there's a gallery that you want to show at, um, you should make an effort to meet them halfway. Um I mean, if you guys find yourselves to be a good fit for each other, then it's just going to happen. Um, personally, I haven't done a lot of gallery courting in recent times. I've have before. Um, but, uh, I guess we'll just end with this cause that's pretty much the end of the discussion. Um, I don't think there's anything outdated about courting a gallery, quote unquote. I think that creating a relationship with the gallery that you want to work with is perfectly valid and not outdated at all. I think that, um, if you can show the gallery that you're a cool person that they would want to work with and they like your work and they feel like they could find buyers for it, then, then that's a, Perfectly, um, probably the best way to go about courting a gallery. So, I think you're you may be saying something different than maybe how I took it, or maybe I'm answering it in a way that you would agree with in your idea of courting a gallery, at least the way you're stating it here with quotes around it, <laughs> um, it's different than what I'm saying. Or maybe you listen to this and I change your perspective on it. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so this went way longer than I expected it to do. I wanted to actually get to something else. So maybe I'll do an extra bonus episode of this uh, vlog later on this w- uh, month. Because there is something r- really interesting that I wanted to talk about on here. And I just didn't have... I mean, this is already an hour and a half and I could probably, the thing I want to get into is, uh, can easily go another hour and a half to talk about. So I don't want to do a three hour YouTube video <laughs> for you guys. Uh, maybe some of you would like that, but that's too much. I mean, this is like, this is already kind of insane. I, I didn't expect it to go an hour and a half long and my voice is already starting to crack on me. So, man, I don't. I don't know how uh, Josh on, talks so much on waiting to dry because this hurts my voice to do it this long by myself here. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I'll do. Um, I don't have anything really that I'm trying to promote so much right now other than um, I just wrapped up the painting that I've been working on for my Patreon. So I really need to get going and and crank out some more videos for that but uh yeah everything's all filmed I just gotta put it all together and start uh working on them and releasing them as I finish them and I have just been working a lot at both my online store and the uh, frame shop that I work at so I haven't been able to to put them out as much as I want to plus I want to in between all that painting, um, like for example, this painting that I have going on my easel right now is uh, about a third of the way in. So there's still a lot that I want to do to it. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I just spend all my time doing uh, non-painting related things, which are fun. I mean, I love doing the vlog i love doing the podcast but man uh video editing takes forever anyways enough of my complaining (laughs) i'll come back to you guys later on and uh anyways um check me out on patreon my website has the links to everything that you might want to check out as far as uh What I have going on right now goes so I'm going to sign off here and thanks you guys for watching. I hope this turned out to be an interesting discussion to, to listen to. Yeah, so if you're watching this on YouTube right now, please feel free to comment some more on this discussion because... Obviously, there are a lot of people who had a lot to weigh in on it, and there happened to be a few people who didn't agree, and that was great. I think it gets to be a more fruitful discussion when we have uh, disagreeing opinions that we can talk about some. Um, Let's keep the discussion going if we can, and I will see you on the next vlog, which will hopefully be later this December. 2018 depends on when you're listening to this so yeah this is cool all right thanks guys see you in the next one